everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I am your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me are my two lovely and talented and beautiful and perfectly coiffed and long-legged co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Stacy. Hello, darling. And Miss Barbrice. Yo, yo, what's up? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that we have. She's real. She's real fucking classy. <laughs> this is the range that we have on this show. Um, so this week's episode, I'm very, very excited for. Um, I have got a wonderful interview with the director of Jason Momoa's new film called Braven, which I was able to watch um, a little bit early. And I gotta tell you, it's a beautiful film. Jason Momoa is great in this, and on top of that, it's my kind of porn because it has Stephen Lang in it, and as or as he prefers to be called, Slang, who I will have on this show. He's my yay. I will someday have Stephen Lang on this show. Of course, I'd prefer having him in person on show with his arms in in view. But I mean, this is a, this is a family show. <laughs> But Braven is amazing. It's a it's a great action flick. You should totally check it out. Um, beautifully shot. Uh, and we talked to Lynn Odin, who is the director, um, about the locations where this was done in Newfoundland, which is uh, just nothing but snow and ice and uh, beautiful vistas, and that you see all of that. And um, the cool thing about this movie is, uh, a I believe like 95% of the action sequences were practical. And if you see some of the stuff, if you watch the movie and you see some of the things that Jason Momoa does in this, he's insane. Cause he didn't, uh, I think he did all of his own stunts, which is crazy shit when you see this movie. Um, but yes, we will have Lynn Odin in our interview segment at the end of the episode. But first, we have a ton of Weekend Geek to get through. This has been a major week for uh, comic book news, of course. Um, and of this week, uh, actually, as of this recording, in five days, Black Panther hit screens. Ooh. Yeah. Um, of course, there's all kinds of fun, racist, and bullshit happenings going online because of this movie. We've already had the whole trying to get the, the Rotten Tomato score down. Um, and, uh, but now there's super racist, horrible shit coming out. Like, you don't even want to know some of the stuff I've already seen. I'm not going to let it get me down. If you go on, um, Spotify right now, if you have Spotify, you can stream the entire, uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, soundtrack for a Black Panther. And it is awesome. Awesome. Uh, but not that's not the only thing happening right now in the world of comic books, as I'm sure Barb will giddily get you know what I'm gonna talk about. The, I know. <laughs> I'll let you talk about it, Barb. What what am I talking about? You couldn't possibly be talking about Venom, could you? Not at all. <laughs> Venom starring, you know, that guy. That I'm kind of like obsessed with. What's his name? Husband Tom Hardy. Yeah, that that that's it. That rings a bell. Uh, so I have to ask. I have to ask because they're they um I for whatever reason, and we're gonna totally veer off into girl territory here. We're just gonna girl out. We do. Cool. It's the name of the show. We gotta have it. Did you see the Madame Tussauds Wax mm-hmm. Museum? 
Tom Hardy, um, you can cuddle. That has his heartbeat in it. That it's got a beating heart, and it's warm to body temperature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's on a couch already for you. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just I'm wanting to know if I can just like place an order just to have like one scent in my house for every room in my house. Have one like surgically attached to me. Maybe have not just one, but two for the bedroom, you know, because I might break you might re- one you do pretty that, easy. That legend or whatever that movie yeah, was. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just, I saw that on my Facebook feed, like that, the morning of the Venom trailer dropping. And it was right around the time I woke up. So it was like one of the very first things I saw when I woke up. Uh, yeah, it, it, it just made me a happy girl from that moment on. I was just like, yes, I must have one for 10. <laughs> I think Ryan's checked out at this point. <laughs> Whatever. I was uh, so checked out, I muted my microphone. I know. You <laughs> I know. No, I, I love, I, I actually liked the trailer. I, I, I thought it was funny, the whole following him around from behind shots. Like, this is Tom Hardy's shoulders, and you have right. to be aware of that. Um, but I thought it looked great. I, I'm really excited for Venom. There was some people that weren't too thrilled with the trailer, but it's a teaser. Oh, God. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm just like, shut the F up. You can drop the F bomb. Screw it. Okay. All right. I'm like, shut the fuck up and just appreciate the Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy. You know, I could watch him, you know, just like walk down the street without saying anything and I'd be happy. Eat a sandwich and I'd be entertained. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was funny though because someone, I did, I'm not surprised that this is the case, but someone has. Uh, dubbed it with Bane lines instead of oh the lord voiceover that he's getting that they prefer Bane so you have Bane um, I I honestly I thought it looked great um, I I liked what I I liked how he's just loving this you can tell mm. from like the whole thing that they uh, they did the preview in I think it was Brazil. And he talked to the people that were in the audience and he came out and he's like flashing his t-shirt with the V on it. And um, I think it's going to be fun. I, I, I love Tom Hardy. I think he's yes. great. He's a cool dude. And um, my God, if you have not watched Taboo yet, get off your ass and go watch Taboo. It's on Hulu. Oh, you have no excuse. Yeah, and it's on Blu-ray, too, and I'm not sure if they have, like, behind-the-scenes of his Naked Mondays that he had talked about on Chatty Man. Yeah, he he was, like, uh, he went into detail about how he liked to be naked on set, and he had a a (laughs) thing called, like, Naked Mondays, and I'm like, well, I need to get in on that. So uh, I'm just hoping that's like some kind of secret special feature on the Blu-ray. So I'll be going to Walmart where you can pick it up at. And yeah, and I will be researching that. Absolutely. Speaking of naked, I have to bring up something that you need to be watching because I, I love um, uh, 
the series that is now on Hulu or not Hulu, Hulu on the brain, Netflix, um, that is called Altered Carbon. And if you haven't watched any of this or don't know what I'm talking about, uh, they're based off of a great series of books um, by Richard Morgan. Uh, they're sci-fi novels. I found out about them about five or six years ago. And uh, they're really great novels. And they follow a character named Takeshi Kovics, um, who is a uh, envoy. They call him envoys. He's basically a badass. And uh, in this in this universe, in this future, uh, humans can go into what they call sleeves, which is putting their, their consciousness into another body. Uh, if you're rich, you can do this for years and years and years and years, and um, you can pick and have, like, uh, pre-made uh, by your specifications bodies that you can go into. Or if you're poor, you end up going into whatever's available, which means you can be a 55-year-old man that's in the body of a 12-year-old girl. And that's just how you're stuck. You're stuck there. Uh, it's it's a crazy um, cyberpunk, uh, beautifully shot show. And it's making me feel a lot. I, Joe Kinnam, Joel Kinnaman has uh, really won me over because he's always seemed to be playing. You know, I haven't watched The Killing but he always seems to play the same character and everything. And in this, he's having a lot more range. And it's just a really good, uh, just sexually charged, uh, makes you think series. And that's what good sci-fi is. Well, I mean, I did watch most of the first episode. <laughs> did you not like it? Oh, I just forgot to finish it because I was at work and it was just busy. So... I enjoyed it. It was interesting. I like the whole concept of solving a very old murder. Yeah, so. it, it's cool. And um, for those of you that uh, really like James Purefoy, speaking of naked, you see a lot of James Purefoy. The, oh. I think the only reason why Joel Kinnaman's <laughs> won you over in this is because he's naked in most of the no, time. No, actually, actually, Joel Kinnaman is not my type. Um I like Poe. I like the little AI guy because he is a ground Poe and he's adorable and I love him and he's awesome. Um, but it's a, just a really neat show and it's kind of like uh, it, it the, the whole a lot of people are probably going to fixate on how much sex is in this show, which kind of like Game of Thrones. There's a lot of sex in this show. Um, but the Whoa, count me in. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, but uh... <laughs> You guys oh, no, making me want to turn it on right now and give it a peek, yeah. Easy, Barb. Easy. <laughs> I, I'm fine, you know. You got... but My the, husband the point... has been gone for two months, so, it's you know. Oh, yeah, poor Barb. What are we doing? Or talking about Tom Hardy and, and mm -hmm. naked, non naked James Purfoy, full frontal. Um, You're a terrible the... friend. I am. <laughs> Sorry. The thing with that, though, is the, there's a reason, and that is because in this in this future, bodies are are nothing. It there's you know it's it's really shows how cheap and meaningless it has become to be human or what body you know flesh is nothing. You know, flesh is the is trade at this point, and it's it's kind of horrifying 
when you think about it in the show and what all of this, you know, what it, it, there's all kinds of levels to it. They're great books. Go check out the books and then, and, or just watch the show. They do skip around on some of the stuff that happens and the characters that pop up, but it's a awesome. I love it. It's beautifully shot. It definitely has some um, cues from Blade Runner, but it makes its own world because it's actually, I don't think it's, it, it hops around. And so you're not actually on earth um, in this series. And it's just cool how they do it. I really, really like it. So go check out Alter Carbon. And poor Barb will definitely be checking it out, I think. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you had me naked. What can I say? <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so... Coming out this week, um, back to comic book news, because we're kind of hopping around like crazy. Um, Joaquin Phoenix may mm. be playing the Joker. Yeah. I, 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 will, I, will, I will pass this on to my two co-hosts to see their reaction to possible Phoenix Joker. Mm. Ryan, what say you? I think this is just like that Justin Timberlake halftime show at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Nobody fucking asked for this. <laughs> wow. You're some bitches. I'm serious. Jared Leto is still committed to all these other films as the Joker. And it's like, now we're going to have it. I just can't even. DC needs to have a seat. They just it's, need to have a seat. I think DC is, is trying to um, desperately reboot their own franchise. Mm-hmm. Even they've realized oh god it sucks pass yeah um i honestly I, like i i've been saying all over online it doesn't even have to be capaldi i i've just used him as an example of someone who actually looks like a person that could play the killing joke joker i want the killing joke joker i don't want joaquin phoenix who looks like he's five feet tall and he just doesn't look like I just, I, I just want my Joker, you know. I, I want Defoe. I think he'd be great. Yeah, God, absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and Marvel's not using him anymore as the Green Goblin, so I don't know if I could handle him as the. He'd be terrifying. Oh my God! Give me a moment. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that it's would like, be like. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't think we're going to get that lucky. And, you know, I don't. And they're talking about the Joker and Harley Quinn spinoff and all this stuff. And it's like, why the fuck would you change? Jared Leto put his heart and soul into what he did with it. And I think he did well. He made it different. Yes. He made it its own, which is what you're supposed to do. But I don't get this hopping around bullshit. I, I really don't think we want. Joaquin, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he was also up for, what was it, uh, Bruce Banner, too. And thank God that didn't happen. I had I a, just stand by, uh, nobody asked for this. No one, yeah. nope, no one asked for it. I, 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 I will never forget, my, my friend Rob and I um, were at San Diego Comic-Con when they were getting ready to announce the Avengers. And we were in Hall H, and it was after the stabbing of the eye. And um, that happened there that night. And they, we were ready. We were like, if they say Joaquin Phoenix is Bruce Banner, we're gonna jump the stage and take a take a swing. 
<laughs> the guy from Marvel. And we're like, we're, go forth and do it, buddy. If, like, if I went down, I'd be, like, cheering him on. And if he got dragged down, I'd be the one running. And thank God it wasn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> but we had a plan. We had a plan to, 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 to make our grievance known in front for of some duress, for some domestic terrorism <laughs> <laughs> was that not worth it would that not be worth domestic terrorism though for, that for, is totally how that shit would have been spun do you, do you seriously i mean think about it can you imagine now that we've seen how amazing mark ruffalo is what would what could have been what horrible shit that would have been uh, yeah oh ruffle hulk i love you so much so, um, kind of hopping around even more so, um, we got a lot of trailers this uh, Super Bowl week, and um, I know we, we talked about some of it, but the one that uh, a lot of people can't let go is that Avengers Infinity War trailer. And um, I found something interesting someone pointed out, and I'm wondering if this is how it's going to go down. Did you all notice that Tony Stark is missing a hand? I did not. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a shot in the trailer, and someone pointed this out on on the internets, and his hand is actually being formed by um, by a suit. Huh. And I'm wondering, and this is me throwing shit out there of, of what it could be from, mm-hmm. uh, if he somehow manages to get the infinity glove on his own hand and someone cuts it off. And that he loses a hand. That would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just mean, just, if you go out back and watch the trailer, it does show his hand being formed by mechanics. Okay. Interesting, interesting to me. Um, also released this week in the land of comic books is Jessica Jones' second season trailer was released. And it looks interesting. Um, what they're going with this time is um, for her is she's discovering that she isn't the only one that was experimented on and uh, that was given special powers and things like that. And they definitely hint at the end of that trailer that Kilgrave's going to show up, which I'm okay with. Cool. I think we're all okay with Kilgrave coming yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and that hits March 8th. Speaking of David Tennant, <laughs> have you seen the Bad Samaritan trailer? No. I haven't. No. You're horrible you people. Tell. What? <laughs> Why do I have you around? Um, so <laughs> I've the, been busy, ma'am. I've been really you busy. You know, <laughs> so the Samaritan, to put it quickly, uh, is a new movie that was filmed in Portland, Oregon. Yes, he was here. No, I didn't stalk him. Um, that uh, is, David Tennant takes the Kilgrave to a whole new level of bad with this movie. Uh, it He's definitely a very naughty, bad bad psycho that kills people and uh what happens is these guys just they're trying to rob him and he ends up he's trying to burglarize the guy's house and he finds a girl tied up in the guy's house that's being tortured (laughs) 
and David Tennant is the guy torturing the girl. Sweet. And it, <laughs> I know, and he is all kinds of horrible. And they figure out that he, um, they, David Tennant's character, figures out who has discovered his stuff. He, it's sort of like Fright Night in reverse because he has the cops showing up to his house looking for things and can't find them and can't find proof that he's a killer and all this thing. Um, and uh, so he ends up following and ruining the life of the valet who tried to rob him and tried to get him in trouble. The valet is played by Robert Sheehan, who, if you've watched the series Misfits, is freaking amazing. So you've got not only hottie Scott Scott David Tennant, you've got Irish Robert Sheehan, who is beautiful and awesome. And it's done by Dean Devlin, who you may have heard of and who has worked on all kinds of good things like Stargate, Independence Day, um, all this stuff, all these movies. He's done a ton of things. And so this is um, coming out at the end of March. And you get to see evil David Tennant. And they're actually smart. They're taking advantage of the whole Doctor Who thing, which is something Fright Night should have done. Because I told them to, and they didn't listen. Um, and actually saying who is, in, in big bold letters, who, above David Tennant's head on these posters and things. So, anyway. Bad Samaritan, go check out the trailer. Go see David Tennant being completely evil and destroying even more of that goodwill he's built as the Doctor. Nice. I think I'll have to do that. Kind of um, piggybacking on that. <clears throat> At this point, uh, Peter Capaldi is going to end up playing Satan or Hitler in something because not only do you have David Tennant doing this, they've just announced that um, Matt Smith is playing <laughs> Charlie Manson. What? And coming out about the Manson girls. Nice. Every doctor. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> This one isn't focused on Charlie as much as it's about the girls and the cult and um, what happened with them. But I find it amusing that every guy that's played the doctor, Sans Capaldi at this point, is just playing the most vile, evil things you can find. <laughs> so, I just find that funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, and kind of hopping around again, I know. Um, uh, what did you guys, before we move on to something else, but what did you guys think about the solo trailer? I'll go see it. I thought it was okay. I was more, actually, I was more happy. To, and it's kind of more recent than the solo trailer. But my biggest excitement was to see the Deadpool 2 trailer. I was living for that. My so God, when yeah. so when that dropped, I was just like, you know, I got Tom Hardy and Ryan Reynolds, and I'm just, I yeah, <laughs> Barb's cup. I, I I'm being a dirty old lady tonight. I'm sorry, but I've earned it. God damn it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of um, the Deadpool and solo trailers? I'm not a fan of Deadpool, so I skipped that one, and um, uh, I. I didn't watch the full trailer for Han Solo. They sold me with the little preview of the teaser, and I'll go see it on that alone. I I actually was surprised. I I, I was worried, and then I saw the the trail the teaser, and then I saw the full trailer, and I was like, okay, uh, Ron Howard may have may have done a miracle. 
this could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Woody Harrelson in anything anyway. So that just makes me happy. But um, yeah, I, I think he may have pulled off a miracle with this because God knows he did not have a lot of time to fix what they'd done. So hopefully uh, it all works out. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, um, we talked about Netflix already, thanks to Altered Carbon. <clears throat> but one thing that I thought was amazing that happened um, with the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of people have seen I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet because my freaking schedule but and i've heard kind of bad things mixed but the fact that netflix changed the game with what they did with cloverfield paradox the the fact that they paid 50 million dollars for this movie and dropped it with no preamble and surprise it's here and you can watch it after the game tonight mm-hmm it's a feature film, like th- part of a major franchise right. that, that that they have, that they were able to pay, they were able to pay that big of a chunk of money for and add it to their thing and just drop it like that is that's massive. I don't know if people, you know, I think the fact that it was a new Cloverfield movie and yada, yada, I think that the whole game changing aspect of this and what they've done may have been lost in the shuffle of that and the craziness of the Super Bowl itself. But think about that. This is a a major franchise. This is a major film, part of it, that they bought and put on a streaming service without any kind of announcing or anything like that. How amazing is that? And ballsy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Even though I, I saw a mixed reaction to the movie itself, I have not seen it yet. But still, yeah, for them to just, like, kind of drop it without, like, any kind of big, you know, lead-up to it. Yeah. And I just mean, be like, hey, we, we have this, and you can watch it after this shitty, you know, whatever <laughs> of a game. I am not a sports ball fan, so I didn't pay any kind of attention to the game or whatever, but I did pay attention when I saw that they were going, they had the film and I'm like, wow, really? It kind of blew my mind. I'm like, that's, that's kind of impressive. And what's crazy is the next Cloverfield movie is going to be in theaters. Mm -hmm. So even I think it's kind of a win-win for a, a lot of people because if you're a fan of the whole series even if the movie itself was subpar you get your movie you get it in a, a an interesting way and you still get you know the next entry into the franchise in a movie theater it, it's it's there's so many crazy levels to it mm-hmm. that is it's and then on top of that somebody um somebody with a lot of time on their hands synced up the movies and not to spoil too much but you know i think everybody knows that they've kind of what the plot of this movie is it tells how the whole thing happened in the first cloverfield um but if you sync up the movies apparently they it the time time wise the things that are going on in paradox sync up with what goes on in the first cloverfield so as something's happening in paradox it's happening in Cloverfield, the first one. Oh, okay. So, uh, 
yeah so when things are occurring if you sync them up it's crazy but if you sync them up side by side um when they start the device it in the first movie that something explodes and they hear this sound mm-hmm. and it goes on like that it's 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 crazy i don't know if oh. it, it almost has to have been meant to be on purpose right so, yeah so when things are happening in cloverfield paradox it syncs up with the things that are happening in the first cloverfield movie oh that sounds kind of cool it is crazy yeah. um really quickly as well um shape of water is coming out next month on dvd if you have nice um and i'm going to be writing my review i got um an advanced copy of the novelization of shape oh, wow. of water very and cool it's it's uh amazing amazing if you loved the movie you're going to want to have the books babies jessica that movie surprised the shit out of me uh, it's it was amazing i i it, i wanted to win all the oscars all the such Oscars. a beautiful moving film uh yeah and doug jones should have been nominated for something shafted he was shafted yep i mean everybody goes you know i not to take away from sally hawkins she was amazing but doug jones acted under that latex and gave that creature life he and sure not, did. in a way that no one else could have ever done. Um, and so it's going to be on VOD um, February 27th. And it will be available on Blu-ray and DVD on March 13th. Uh, but uh, the book, um, I believe, comes out at the end of this month. Um, but uh, the book is written by Guillermo del Toro. And Daniel Krause. And those, the two of them actually came up together with the story. Uh, and it's illustrated. It's beautiful. And it gives more background uh, of the story itself, as well as before, um, before the uh, asset was captured, you find out how he was captured. So you find out how um, crazy Michael Shannon got him and it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy he is even more terrifying after you read some of the crazy shit that went on in the amazon as they found the creature and um it actually gives a voice to the creature in a way it's just beautiful the book is amazing it made me cry even after i knew how it was going to end and everything it still makes you cry it's a beautiful book you need to buy it if you love this movie buy the book that's all i'm saying yes ma'am do it (laughs) god damn it do it (laughs) um so i'm gonna let the the if you guys have anything to add um please interrupt me um, just to remind everybody, February 25th, The Walking Dead returns, and um, I've seen the episode. You're going to cry your eyes out. It's No, I won't. <laughs> surprise. Carl's bitten. Guess what happens? Carl <laughs> dies. Yeah. Uh, surprise. That's not a surprise and not a spoiler. Everyone knows it's going to happen because he's bit. Um, so February 25th, Walking Dead returns. It is Women in Horror Month this entire month. Yay! It is Women in Horror Month. Um, so celebrate it. 
uh, like I said, I've, I post the same thing every year for this that I wrote, um, God, how long ago, how long ago, but I stick to my guns on what I wrote, which is you don't even have to be, if you're, if you're a female horror fan, go do something online, write a story, do some art, let people know that you love horror. Don't be afraid to tell people that you like horror movies, that you like scary shit, you know, be proud of who you are as a woman that loves the horror genre and if you want to be a part of it, if you're a teenager, if you're a young kid, if you're stuck in the middle of nowhere and you're the only girl that you know that loves Edgar Allan Poe or loves Friday the 13th or whatever, you're not alone. Go out there. We're out there. We're here. Barb's here. Ryan's here. Oh, yeah. We love you. We're you. You're one of us. And one of us. One of us. Uva gobble. Uva gobble. <laughs> and you probably know what that's from if you're <laughs> Exactly. So Okay. Well, you told me to interrupt. So I'm Go going for to it. interrupt. Please do. I, I'm glad you mentioned this. It's an excellent segue to something that I did want to add. And uh, on my Facebook, I have been, you know, randomly throughout the month giving shout outs to all the girls I know out there working in horror. And uh, I think this is a good time for me to do one to you, to yourself, Jessica, because I think that you are one of the most incredible people that I've met along my journey as a filmmaker. And it's like, I met you at a horror convention. You're the voice of Horror Hound Weekend when we're there. It's always your loud ass mouth I hear on the PA system. <laughs> and it's uh, it's just, you know, you do a lot in horror. And for some of the things that I know that, uh, you know, 2018 is going to be for you, it's like you deserve a little a little accreditation for what you do, man. So good okay. job. Yeah. Thank you. Aw, love you. Um, but yeah, I the big thing for me is growing up where I grew up, I was the only girl that read Fangoria. I probably was the only person that read Fangoria. I think there was one other person that knew what that was. But I, I still know that there's there are girls out there that that don't have anyone to talk to about the shit they love and what they like to do and what they – you could be a writer. You can be an artist. You can be a wannabe filmmaker. It's getting better for girls out there, but it still needs to be – until we need women in horror month until we don't exactly and that's why it's there so people like me people like barb um writers and creators like all the you know god i mean come on mary shelley is the woman that made frankenstein she started this genre in a lot of ways and so and it was a woman and people seem to forget that shit, and they shouldn't. So uh, Women in Horror Month will um, hopefully be recording every week this week or month. Um, so hopefully we'll have a little bit more throughout the month of February for you guys to celebrate it. Um, but really quickly, um, by the way, in horror, I just had to add, if you are a fan of anthology series – the entire series of monsters is on Amazon Prime now to stream. And uh, I, if you don't know what that is, back in the 80s and 90s, yeah. 
there was a thing called syndication. <laughs> <laughs> and um, people like me who didn't have cable had syndicated shows on their like Fox affiliate that they could watch. And Monsters was one of them with the legendary Dick Smith making all of these great special effects. And this show had like three or four seasons and they had some of the, some really, it's kind of like tales from the dark side on, on speed. And, uh, like Will Wheaton and uh, Matt LeBlanc is a, uh, become vampires in one episode together. And so there's all kinds Are of Are they crazy. gay vampires? They're barbers. They end up becoming barbers. I don't know what that means. Yeah, they're gay vampires. <laughs> they're gay vampires. <laughs> they're gay vampires. Um, but it's there's some really cool episodes of this show um, and lots of people that you'll recognize that guest starred in them. Um, but Monsters, the entire thing is on um, Amazon Prime now for you to stream. So check that out. And uh, they're like 20-minute episodes each because the, com- the commercials are out of them now. Um, but it's fun, and it's a nice little walk down memory lane. So anyway, uh, Barb, do you have anything to add? Oh, let's see. I'm uh, Probably not right now because my real life has been such a nightmare <laughs> for the yeah, past. I've been having a fun fucking time. I, I Let me that. tell you, my son just got over the flu and I had to take him to the ER before he was better. And I thought he was going to like freaking RAP on me. And oh. it's just, yeah, it, it's just not been a fun time over here. So I haven't been able to watch as much as I've been wanting to. Like I said, the two trailers I mentioned earlier are pretty much the only things that I've really paid attention to or had the chance to pay attention to. Well, we need to send Barb life-size chocolate Tom Hardy's. Oh my God. And I'll let you know how happy that would make me. I don't know. I don't want to know what she'd do with it. I I really. Uh, Yeah. Why are you covered in chocolate? No, Barb, you're You need to stop. You need to stop. (laughs) Is that white chocolate? What? (laughs) Okay, she went there, did she? I had to. I had to. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. It reminds me of that whole way back when we decided to talk about Michael Rooker and Red Velvet Cake. Oh God, you know I ha- you I somebody sent me that interview, so <laughs> I've got it, and I'm just like every time I start to get down, or somebody brings Rooker up, I like play that for them, and they're like, oh my, and I'm like, yeah, they're like, I don't think I'll be eating Red Velvet Cake anytime soon. I'm like, damn right you won't, because that's me for me and Rooker. I'm like, fuck off. It's my cake. I didn't say you could have any. My nuts and my white frosting? Hell yeah. Oh my god, where did we go wrong? <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, with that Ryan. After hours fangirl radio. Yeah, we need to do that. Nothing Ryan, do you have anything to add? Well, I do, in fact, because, you know, I'm pleased to report that one of the shows I normally chat with you about has returned. Oh, yes. 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 Yes, girl, because Drag Race is back. Yay. Yay. 
So it's All Star seasons three, season three, right? So we got all the best bitches back from past seasons, including a surprise tenth contestant, which is season one's winner, Bibi Zahara oh. Banay. Oh my God! Oh, they went cool. back to season one because season one is the legendary lost season of Drag Race. There was this—they smeared like Vaseline on the lens, so everything's real hazy. <laughs> Rue is just lit, god awful. The stage—I mean, it was just really low production value. BB won, and her cash prize was twenty thousand dollars. Every season after that, the queens have won a hundred thousand. Oh my oh, God! Wow. So Rue. <laughs> right, so Rue was just kind of like, it's only fair to bring back the queen of the least played season. Wow, that's amazing. And it's just been really great. Uh, Trixie Mattel has come back, and she is hysterical. Like, just the the things that this guy says in his, his testimonial, like his confession booths. Oh, God, it's so funny. He's so <laughs> mean. Reading everybody to filth. It's just... <laughs> So, you know, we're four episodes in. Next week is Snatch Game, and that's one of the best episodes yes. of each yes. season. So I can't, <laughs> I cannot wait to see who they impersonate. Oh, my God. I know. I, I Forever for me is uh, Bianca Del Rio. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Cause she... And speaking of dinosaurs, Jessica, Jurassic <laughs> World, Fallen Kingdom. Snap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, know. I, I trust me, trust me. Let's all take a moment and thank the Funko Pop gods for making the the Jeff Goldblum pop. Of him lying down with the. Sh- oh, I was joking. I was joking when I tweeted to them about that. I hadn't seen it yet, and then I saw it, and it's beautiful. Speaking of Jeff Goldblum, I will. I'm planning on meeting him. I know you are. Yeah, him and Momoa at MegaCon in Orlando in May. So I I wanted to ask you while I have the chance. Yeah. Um, My friend, I I think you need to get on, like, some sedatives before you go. (laughs) Oh, no. I've got my Dexter kit to tie the Momoa up with. Okay, no, you definitely need hormone suppression. Your husband better be back before the Oh, my husband. He, he's taking me. He will be there with me. And Aww. my daughter has already told me that she will never <laughs> she will never accept me as her mother if I wind up like getting thrown in jail for trying to lick like okay. said Momoa. So Jessica, I have to behave can you, myself. Uh, can you get this? Can you get the link to this episode, please, to Momoa? I just have his uh, handle. <laughs> His username, um, Pride of the I, Gypsies. You know, you know what I would just end up doing is I'd meet Jeff Goldblum and I'd just, I, I'd just stare into his eyes. Uh, I'd I, sit there. I, I would just stand there and just not move. I'd just be like, yeah. I offered to tie him up and kidnap him for you as well as, as bringing Momoa <laughs> home for myself. You got so. it. You got it. You're going to need a big, long suitcase for that guy. I, I mean, I have the whole entire series of Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. That's how much love and how for long I have loved. I have loved Jeff Goldblum. It has been a thing since Barb, I was. I'm so envious wow. of you, <laughs> uh, dude. 
Well, if this make, gives you more of a laugh, picture this. I'm only five foot fucking two. So me <laughs> me trying like, to climb Momoa. You're trying to climb Momoa. Yeah, he'll be like the, me climbing like one of the sequoia trees in California, like the giant redwoods or something. I think Goldblum is probably taller than him, though. I think Goldblum's like, like seven feet. Yes. Barb, so, I think you should do it real slow like a sloth. It'll be fun. Exactly. <laughs> She's gonna use her tongue. She's just like, like just along. so you can feel all of it, just climb like a sloth. It's like here. She's just gonna use her Don't tongue like as a as a like a little grappling hook. Feel exactly. Mm-hmm. That's see. You, you should climb up there me. and nest in his hair. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's his beard. It's like crawling into his beard. Oh God, I hope no one ever listens to this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna send a link to it oh, to him on Instagram and be like, "Dude, you gotta check this show out. These bitches are crazy." <laughs> I'm one of them too. I'm Did one of them too. Did you guys see him with Jimmy Fallon, the the uh, Water War? That was hysterical. Oh no, but I will tell tell you this: I saw the Jimmy Fallon Paul Rudd thing, and as as doing Kings of Wish, King of Wishful Thinking. A, a scene by scene reshoot of that video from the oh 80s. My oh my God. Perfect, awesome thing I've ever seen. Paul Rudd, I love you and I need your babies. Um, can I ask you guys if you'd like to do something perhaps? You, you guys <laughs> you should so come to Ohio. You should come to Ohio because we could go see Rick Astley. <gasps> no I, way. I, yes. What? I love how you both sighed. Not <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah, I didn't care for him when he was younger. Now he's freaking smoking. Right? For real. I'm down. I would totally go see him. Let's just go to a fangirl episode where I, we go so, uh, you, hunt down Rick wall. Astley. <laughs> Hell yeah. If Paul was on this episode, she would have fainted. She would have fainted. If Paul was on this episode with us, she would have fainted because Rick Astley is like her. Her fate, like, oh my god, Rick Astley. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's do it. I'll find out where he's at. I'll get you guys the details. How do you know? Well, why is he there? Is he on tour? I guess so. Oh my god. Oh. His voice is still. Oh, ah, yeah. ah. And uh, girls, you know, he's never going to give you up. So it's like. <laughs> he's never, yeah. never going to us down. I know. It's you. about time. <laughs> all right so i guess with all that lead up from about jason momoa we should move on to lynn odin who yeah god i hope he doesn't listen to this episode either <laughs> so jason momoa's new film raven not the not the episode uh, or the movie the arrest of Barbary. <laughs> <laughs> the ballad of Barbary. <laughs> she she sloth. The ballad of Barbary. <laughs> God. So oh, no, no. Oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> it's over. Uh, we will move on to our interview segment with Odin. Um, thank you guys for listening to us. Be insane. Lunar, yes. I swear drinking at least i'm not um but I <laughs> you know, know i'm not <laughs> yeah it's true i am what the hell <laughs> um so somebody's w- got to uh 
we will catch you next week on fangirl radio hopefully um yes and then uh i will be back and hopefully barb and ryan both will be back with me and um we'll see <laughs> <laughs> just completely just i i can't stop seeing Barb with like three toes <laughs> climbing up like super slow up the torso of <laughs> sliding <laughs> towards him on my belly and then she like again she just climbs up and nests in his hair yeah yeah oh, there and start grooming him you know oh, I'm yeah. so sorry uh, uh, nature do its thing <laughs> my god no <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Well, it's official. We've all made asses of ourselves. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> we're going to our interview segment, and then we will be back next week on Fangirl Radio. And, um, yay! Yay! <laughs> all right, guys. See you next week. Oh, Bye. God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lynn, how are you? Wonderful. Well, I am so happy to talk to you. I, I, I finished the movie last night, and Braven was awesome. And I have, uh, I have a few questions to pick your brain over about this movie because uh, I, I, just, I really enjoyed it. And uh, St- Stephen Lang, and I, did you have to call him Slang? I've been told you have to call him Slang. He doesn't like Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, if you don't call him swing, you get hit with the death touch. Oh. I've regretted it. <laughs> the death touch. Um, so first off, uh, the terrain and locale for for Braven is its own character. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful, and and how you shot it was just amazing. Can you talk about the choice of filming in that location and the challenges? Because there had to be, it had to be hard. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we chose Newfoundland because it made sense for us uh, because Jason was already filming another TV series called Frontier there. I believe um, that now he was filming a TV series there called Frontier and the timing worked out best for us to film there. And we looked at locations in Vancouver that had snow and also Newfoundland and Newfoundland um, was just absolutely gorgeous as you've seen in the movie, um, the cliffscapes and just everything. So. Um, there were a lot of challenges in shooting in that type of environment, you know, mostly being that we only had about nine and a half hours of light per day. So we would rehearse in the morning with lanterns and our iPhone flashlights, reading the script, blocking the scenes. And then the second we had enough light on the camera aperture to start shooting, uh, we would shoot for nine hours straight or nine and a half hours straight. We, we filmed on what's called French hours for those who aren't familiar with, um, you know, production terms. That's basically when you don't eat lunch or you don't break for lunch. You eat lunch while you're walking and you just shoot for um, 10 hours straight, up to 10 hours straight. Wow. And and how cold was it? Because yeah. it I, was the, the break. I, I saw many scenes where you could see the air when their breath in the air. Was that digitally added or did you not even have to bother with that? No, that is all real. And that oh. was... Uh, you know, when we would film inside these scenes, I remember Jason, sometimes the crew or we, he, different people would want to have heat, heaters in the cabin. And Jason said, take them out, take them all out, because he wanted the breath on his air. So he put intentionally put himself in an uncomfortable situation for the sake of honesty, which, you know, I hope 
which is uh, one respectable to him as a an artist who's uh, passionate about his craft, but also um, for the movie, it's better. Well, and and one of the questions I had uh, definitely was, there's a lot of tomahawk throwing and and a, a, a lot. <laughs> You know where I'm going with this. Uh, there's a lot of Tomahawk throwing. There's a lot of Jason in this movie, and he's also a producer. Um, how much was he involved with creating this character and 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 crafting this this film with you? Well, it was his project and his baby from the get-go. You know, he, his writing partner and his manager, they had put the script together um, and brought the project to me. Uh, as they were looking for an action director. And so um, a lot of Jason's, um, you know, footprint, I mean, fingerprints or DNA as a as an artist is in the movie. You can tell by the bow and arrows and the tomahawks and the things that he just loves as a as a person. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen that. Uh, I don't know what bar it is, but there's a bar that he was filmed at saying, I like beer and I like throwing tomahawks. And he throws it and it nails a perfect bullseye with this tomahawk and it's it's like he's been drinking and he can do that that's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god so kind of hopping off of that um you have like this massive just amazing stunt work history and and the work that you've done in film and this movie is just you can tell it's brutal on i don't even want to know what jason momo went through making this movie just that there's some scenes that are just Jesus. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, all this stuff. He he has a stunt double who mostly rehearses and blocks the scenes. I think, uh, you know, to be honest, all major movie stars have a stunt double that is there, even if it's just for testing out the stunt first for camera. And then even if the actor is an action actor like Jason and does his own stunts himself, um, you know, all that stuff you see in the movie, the cliff at the end, not going to give any spoilers away. The cliff at the end. I wasn't saying uh, that. Going off. Yeah, going off the cliff with the ATV, which is in the trailer. Um, all those things, but especially the end, which wink, wink, people have to see the movie to see. Uh, that's all him, and that's all real. So there, uh, that was one thing I was going to ask. Is this practical, or was there any digital in this at all for, for those stunts? I mean, you have digital... Uh, in, in every movie, even if the stunts are practical, just because there is, uh, you know, um, the, the digital removal of like the cannon for explosions or, uh, you know, additional enhancement of muzzle flashes and stuff like that. But all the guns were, were real with blanks. All the action was real. And it was very important for us uh, because of the tone of the movie, as you saw, that the action also feels extremely honest and not like a visual effects showpiece. Well, and that's, so, so that the cliff thing was real. Holy crap. Jesus. <laughs> I need yeah. a moment to like soak that in. Cause that, that was about 400. We were about 400 feet up in the air from the, from the cliffs below. And I just remember we had a crane out there and there was a chance we weren't going to be able to do it because it was so windy. Yeah. And so there was like a, you know, safety advisors there and we could not be, um, you know, more than less than, I think, was it 15 feet from the edge of the cliff because of wind. And it was just like a really tricky and hairy situation to, 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 to film that. Like what you see is, is, um, insane. it's all practical. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, so kind of, it's kind of funny that you say the, the realism. The one thing I really liked about this movie, besides just the cast was fantastic, that the visuals were great, it just was a really great movie, was that it was that Joe Braven wasn't perfect. I mean, he was tough as hell, but he wasn't Superman. And you could get that Jason embodied in him this I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I have to do this vibe where he's just kind of on a seat of his pants trying to figure out a way to to do take care of the situation. And I really dug that aspect of this. And, and it kind of sounds like that was a lot of what he wanted to imbue in this movie. Yeah, Jason has, uh, you know, a lot of experience on sets of different genres over the years and a strong point of view in regards to story. And so he, you know it was important for him that his character is vulnerable and relatable, you know, as, uh, that keeps it honest. You know, if you have a character who's too, um, macho and superhero, like no one relates to them. Well, and, and, and this just came off with that sense of urgency. Yeah. And the sense of urgency in this movie was great with him. He was able to convey that. And you did a great job capturing that with the action sequences as well. Um, and, and, and how you shot it, it was really well yeah. done. And, and, and he's, he's, yeah, he's not like perfect. And that was really great to see. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor as you, as you already know from his other work, but also from this movie. And I hope, um, you know, that the audience, uh, the audience will see that and then they'll realize that he's the, the real deal, a full package you can do you know, acting at the top level as well as action at the top level. And that's an extremely rare combination to find. Oh, yeah. Now, he, he's got a, his face is very expressive. And he's got like that, he can come off like, there's that scenes where he's, you know, going full on call Drogo again. And it's like, oh, my God, he's scary. <laughs> and then, and then he'll switch yeah. to, I am, I am very, I love my family and oh my God, this is happening and I can't handle it. And that is a great, that's, that's great to see. Cause it's either one or the other usually. And he's really good at conveying both. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. Well, one thing I, it was, I, cause I have to come back to, to, to Stephen, Stephen Lang, AKA slang, because I'm a huge fan of his going way, way back. And I, it was really rough watching him play a character like this that's infirm and in mm-hmm. in in the, so many scenes and then you know but he could still show that i might be you know hurting but i am a badass uh and i can still take yeah. you on and and he's such the opposite in real life like everything i've seen he's just like guns ablaze and arms of steel dude can you talk about working on that role with him and how, and, you know, even with that, he still comes across as tough and it's great to see a guy like that because there's so much ageism in Hollywood and I really hate it because guys yeah. like him are like, I can still take you on and beat you down. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he's slang is slang and he's a first and foremost, a great actor. So, you know, when he read the script and told Jason, you know, his thoughts on the character, he just went fully into it and embodied that character. And then part of that character, you know, with the lumber uh, mill background, 
you know, is a rough and rugged guy. And so, you know, it all, you know, as you saw from the movie, kind of fits. He when he when he does things that are brave, they are not superhero based, but rather based in honesty. Like when, you know, the gentleman enters the apart uh, the the cabin when he's there by himself, and that sequence without giving it away, where oh, yeah. he grabs the skewers. Yeah, that was brutal. But yeah, brutal. I, I I loved how he imbued it though. Like there's little things like the trimmer in the hand and things like that. And it, it's just really hard to watch someone like that. You, it, it's like watching your dad or, you know, when you've watched so many movies, like how badass he was in, in don't breathe. You, you see that, that, um, I guess weakness, it would be a word for it. And uh, it's just, yes, yes, vulnerability. And it's just really great to see him have that range because you always see him as the badass, like from Avatar or whatever. And uh, I really, it really got me. And uh, I really loved this movie for showing that it doesn't matter because he can still be strong. And that's, that's great. So, yeah, Lynn, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know I don't have you for very much longer. I just wanted to, to find out from you, you know, what what is important that people take away from this movie? Because um, there's so much good in it. But what do you personally want to have people take away from it? Uh, I just want people to be entertained, first and foremost. You know, I think it's a fun movie. And, uh, you know, it, it's... Um, a family drama that has, you know, uh, real scenarios and real situations that could, uh, that are relatable. And, uh, I hope that when people watch the film, they're, you know, um, engrossed by the story and, you know, uh, entertained by the action. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for making it. It just, it really was a beautiful film and, and you and Jason and the crew did a fantastic job in battling the elements and taking all that on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for your time.